Hello, my name is Monique Camella. I am a trauma-informed feminine empowerment, self-love and relationships coach. I created the Good Girl Unleashed podcast as a way to support you on your journey to liberating yourself from limiting beliefs, trauma, suppression, so that we can all come home and live authentically and unapologetically. I support my clients and my community with resolving trauma, releasing suppressed emotions in a safe, supportive way that allows them to reconnect to their authentic self and create a deeply fulfilling life and rich, nourishing relationships. I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. All right. So I'd love to hear from you before we jump in. If you want to share in the chat um, where you're tuning in from, if you're brand new to connecting with me, I'd love to know as well. Um, Yeah, just share in the chat box. If you're new to Zoom, you'll see a navigation bar in the bottom where you can actually see there's a chat box. And when you click on that, you can actually write to the group in here. So just, yeah, sharing, sharing what brought you here, what's your intention, where you're tuning in from. And just know that this is a safe container. This is an immersive experience. So really you jumping in and interacting is really going to allow you to get the most out of this experience together. And also know that I am recording the call for those to watch the replay and also if you would like to watch the replay as well. But know that I'm the only one recorded. The only way that you would show up on the recording is if you unmute yourself to maybe ask a question or um, share an experience. But that can always be removed. So if you do want to share but you don't want it on the recording, just let me know and I can actually edit that out. Because this, I want this to be as safe as possible so that you can really feel that you're able to step in to embrace your vulnerability and to really be seen and heard and express on this journey together. All right, just checking in the chat. Mm, beautiful. Welcome, Kat. Welcome, Maria. I see Sarah, and there's someone that's named iPhone. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure what your name is, but yeah, you can actually edit your name if you want to just by clicking on the three dots um, over your kind of video image. And it can, there's actually a button that says rename. If you want to change that, you don't have to. And it's also lovely to have your video on and so I can really connect with you and um, see you is really beautiful. Of course, it's always optional. Everything in this space is an invitation. So don't feel like you have to force anything. Um, but yeah, immersing yourself as much as you feel okay to. So we're going to jump in. All right, I'm going to be sharing my screen. All right. So welcome to the Good Girl Unleashed webinar. So this is the first time that I'm running this type of webinar. I've run many others in the past, but this is the first Good Girl Unleashed. Um, If you've been following my work for a little bit, you may know of my podcast, The Good Girl Unleashed. And this is really a deep dive into what really led me on this journey of breaking free from that conditioning um, to really reconnecting to my authentic self and really the journey of creating the podcast, The Good Girl Unleashed, and what I aim to share and support other women 
in this journey, how I can support them in really unleashing that that true self that's really stored inside. Because what tends to happen is over the years, especially in childhood, we tend to put on lots of different layers unintentionally. A lot of it's just happening almost automatically, habitually, subconsciously. And we tend to become these almost dull versions of self, which is what I felt like for a long time. It's like our light gets really dim and we feel really disconnected to who we truly are. And there's a lot of fear of being our full selves to express ourselves authentically and unapologetically. We tend to be kind of on this alert mode, trying to make sure that we don't step out of line or be judged because the fear of judgment can mean that if I, if I'm judged in a certain way, I'm not going to belong. I'm not going to be loved or accepted. And so we tend to put all these guards and armor up that really prevents us from living life fully and aligning to the people, the experiences, the opportunities that really allow us to live fully and have that fulfilled, empowered life. We tend to stay small as a way to protect ourselves. Um, and it can cause lots of different diseases and illnesses and mindsets um, that really aren't serving us. So this journey is going to be one that really helps you to unravel those layers, to receive some powerful insights that are going to allow you to step more fully into your authentic self so that you can really live authentically and unapologetically. And so as I'm sharing on this journey, I just want to invite you to pop in the chat anything that's resonating as we go. If you have any questions, I might not get to them straight away, but there will be a time at the end for questions. Um, and that's when I can go through all the chat and just answer any of those. Um, and I also want to guide you on a little bit of a journey as well, just to give you some really guided support in what you can do, because we're going to be sharing quite a bit of content and receiving this. There's going to be a lot of what sometimes feels a little bit heady, um, but there's more than just the words that I'm sharing with you today. It's more, it is an energetic transmission and there's seeds being planted. So you may notice that there's a lot that's shared today, but as we move forth over the next few days, things are going to still be landing and integrating for you. And there's going to be practices that I share with you that you can use to really implement this work. As you may know, there's only so much we can really cover in a couple of hours. This is really a journey and it is a process. It's going to take some time to fully unravel the conditioning that's got us stuck in this good girl box or this nice girl. So yeah, just being aware of that it is a journey and I'm going to share some teachings, some insights, my own personal journey of what I've done to break free from that, to live my life on my terms. Um, and also some practices that can support you. And there will also be an opportunity if you do want to work deeper together. So if you resonate with what I'm sharing, if you resonate with me as a guide, there'll be an opportunity as well that I'll share with you at the end um, for us to continue this work together. So what we're going to cover is I'm going to share a little bit about my story and yeah, from the beginning and I'm going to keep it short because the journey has been a long one, but I'm going to share with you some of those main keys that have really helped me from breaking to, from breaking free from that good girl conditioning into coming to my true self. I'm also going to go a little bit into where does the good girl programming stem from? How do we unravel those layers of conditioning so we can reconnect to ourselves? 
how to step into your power, embrace your wildness to live and express yourself authentically and unapologetically. And then I'm also going to share some different practices to implement um, all of this to really bring it all together. Just know that there are so many teachers and teachings and practices and healing modalities out there. So it's really tuning in for what resonates for you at the time because as we evolve different things are going to resonate at different times so some of the things that i share may not resonate some of the things may really deeply resonate and that's okay wherever you're at just coming in with that open mind open heart and feeling into what i'm sharing how does it feel in your body what really resonates for you and as i said there's going to be time for a q a um, and some personal shares if you'd like to So a little bit about my story. I'm just going to stop sharing my screen for a moment. So it really for me began 12 years ago when I started to realize that something wasn't quite right for me. For most of my adolescence and childhood, I felt like this. It was almost like a bit of like that depression, anxiety, a lot of panic, a lot of fear. And I would go to school and I would, I remember how frozen I felt and I wouldn't go into class if I was late. I would barely talk to anyone unless I really knew them. I could barely say hello to someone. I had this deep fear of what would people think? And if they think a certain thing, I won't belong. I'll be shunned. I'll be shamed. I'll be wronged. And it was so debilitating and kept me so stuck for so many years where I had this inability to really connect with others and definitely not myself. And there was a lot of inner critic, a lot of self-judgment, a lot of negative self-talk and just kind of really kept me smaller and smaller and smaller. And I kept trying to aim for this perfection, thinking that if I was perfect or if I gave everything, so like perfectionism, people pleasing, if I did these things that maybe I would fit in and I would be loved and I would be accepted. I'd love to hear from you guys if perfectionism and people pleasing resonates for you. Um, when have you noticed this shop in your life where we kind of like almost abandon ourselves or put ourselves and our needs to the side to kind of be someone else or put on a mask or over give to someone because there's a fear that maybe I won't belong or there's a desire to belong or to connect or to get something. And so we tend to put on these different masks. I'd love to hear if it, that resonates for anyone here. Because this is something that I was doing for years and what I noticed is different people in different situations would bring out a different mask and I would act like these almost like a chameleon and I became more and more disconnected from who I truly was to the point where I was like I don't even know who I am and this really led me on a journey of self-discovery it was coming from that deep pain of like there's got to be more to life than this I was really struggling of not wanting to be here, not wanting to live this life. But there was this moment where I was like, there has to be more. And that's really where the journey began for me. And I just started putting out there of like, what can I do? Where can I go? And reading different books, doing different courses and connecting with different people, trying new workshops, just trying absolutely anything to see if I could find myself on that journey. And it was really challenging. There were some moments where it was excitement, like the world was opening up for me. There was some shifts happening. And then I found I would fall back down and have more experiences of depression, anxiety, and feeling alone and isolated. 
And it was really going through that dark night of the soul um, for quite a long time and just really shedding the layers, which it is a process. And what I found is when I actually connected with modalities and teachers and mentors that really resonated where I was at that time, it completely exponentially amplified my journey. And so I started to do healing at exponential rates, layers shedding so much faster than they had in the past when I had tried to do it on my own. And so kind of fast track a little bit of like the girl that was like considered this shy girl that was literally, I'd be frozen in fear, like not even able to get a word out, even if I wanted to kind of thing to now traveling around New Zealand, sharing in-person workshops, online webinars, like doing all these different things that were not even that long ago, absolutely petrifying to me. When I met my partner four years ago, I could barely have a conversation with him. And then when we moved to New Zealand a few years ago, I could barely speak to his family. And then over time, by continuing this work and really getting to the core of that fear and that need to be this good girl, this nice girl. Um, I've been able to really break free of that. And it doesn't mean that we just run around and aren't mindful of other people. It's just we find our truth in ourselves, and we're able to really connect to our voice and our expression and know how to discern who it's safe to be completely vulnerable with and maybe others that we actually need to set boundaries with or redirect ourselves so it's really connecting to our intuition our discernment knowing who we are and who we resonate with what experiences we resonate with and really coming out of that box out of that conditioning into our fullness and when this happens something really amazing happens of we actually experience what it is to be alive for me all those years of being depressed and shut down and in these boxes and who, is, who am I safe to be? Who am I safe to show up as? I wasn't really living. And I found that I was getting more and more depressed because I wasn't fully allowing myself to live. So by shedding these layers and coming into my fullness, I've actually started to experience what it is to live, um, what it is to express the fullness of anger, of grief, of sadness, of joy, of pleasure, and really allow myself to be with all of my emotions rather than trying to get rid of parts that I thought were wrong or shameful. I've actually learned to embrace it all, to integrate it. And this is what I share with my, my clients and a lot of people that um, follow me on social media as well is just how do we come into our fullness rather than trying to get rid of parts? How do we actually be our full selves and know that all of us is welcome? So this is what I'm going to be going into today. Um, welcome, Anya. Um, welcome, Sarah. Thank you for sharing. Um, all right, I'm going to share my screen again. So I'm going to go a little bit into where does the good girl programming stem from? And so a big part of my work is working with trauma. And there's often a bit of confusion around what trauma really is. We tend to associate trauma with the external experience that happened to us. 
But really what happened when we've experienced something that was overwhelming to our nervous system, which could be something really big like an abuse or a car accident or something that's like quite a big event that we can really associate with trauma. But it, there's also a lot of other pieces, a lot of other layers that maybe aren't considered trauma in this present moment. But when we were a child, it was actually quite traumatizing because the thing is trauma is actually something that overwhelms our nervous system and imprints on that nervous system. And it actually is something that happens inside of us. And it creates this feeling of I'm not safe. And so we tend to shut down. It brings that survival brain, that survival part of our brain online and tells us that we're not safe. And we will find ways to protect, to cope, defend. And often when these are happening in childhood, we don't, we're still developing and we don't have the tools or often the support to actually integrate that traumatic experience to really regulate our nervous systems and so what tends to happen is we get frozen in time and this is where the inner child work comes in so it's almost like these children that are still inside of us that are still frozen in that experience and so what we need to do is actually come into a space like bringing our mature self from this moment to meet those inner children and complete those cycles and I'll go a little bit more into when we get to the practices to support you of how we do this. But that's a big part of my work is actually supporting the healing of incomplete stress cycles and trauma cycles. But just being aware that trauma isn't necessarily the car accident because two people can be in the exact same car accident. One can walk away fine and one can be completely traumatized and take months or years to fully heal from that, but then still have this deep fear of ever getting in a car again or anytime they see if it was like, say, you had an accident in a red car. Every time you see a red car, it triggers the stress response because there's an incomplete cycle. But the other traumas that can happen, I'm going to share a story which is something that I regularly share because it really pinpoints what I'm trying to share here. And it's a story from Gabor Mate. So if you could think of a five-year-old little girl and she wants a cookie, but it's just before dinner time and her mum says, no, we're about to have dinner. You can't have that cookie. But the little girl really wants this cookie. And so she starts to get really angry and starts to scream and demand that she has this cookie. But her mum really struggles with anger. It's really triggering for her because she grew up in a really angry household, which created a lot of fear when her parents would argue and get really aggressive. So she doesn't, and that's not complete. So she doesn't know how to hold space for the anger that's being expressed by her daughter. So what happens is her survival brain kicks in and turns on. She shuts down and starts and says to her daughter, good little girls don't get angry. And what happens when we shut down because we're being triggered is our heart closes. And so the love that's usually flowing to her daughter is no longer flowing in that moment because she's just shut down. And the message that that little girl receives is that angry girls don't get loved. And so now that's created an imprint on her nervous system and on her being in her subconscious mind that it's not safe for her to express anger. And so for years to come, she will continue to suppress that anger. And in those times where we can't suppress it anymore, because there's only so much we can actually push down before we explode and it pops out, then it creates this cycle of shame. 
and feeling wrong and feeling unlovable. So you can see how this creates multiple layers and stories and belief systems that get really stuck, the conditioning of needing to be a good girl so I can't get angry. Lots of little messages that we may not even realize from all these different things that were said to us, that were shown to us. Even if it wasn't directly to us, we might see our parents acting in a certain way toward each other. And then that's how we start to form um, conditioning around relationships or if I do this, then this will happen. And we're just these amazing little sponges when we first come into the world. So we're absorbing all this information that gets programmed. We're literally in a programming experience when we first come into the world. Usually that like zero to seven years is the most potent time of receiving these lessons and messages. But there are lots of different ways. It's not just our parents, it's the societal norms and the culture, the religion, the peer orientation. So people that we connect with in school when we're socializing. Um, there's also the fact that we are tribal beings. We are wired to connect. We desire to belong. We really need community and belonging to survive and thrive in this world. And so we start to see maybe acting in this way makes uh, really creates a situation where I don't feel like I belong. So I'm going to shut that part down of me or I witness someone else not belonging because they express in a certain way. So I'm not going to do that. So sometimes it can be direct experience and then indirect what we're witnessing. It's also generational and lineage and things that are passed down. So we are energetic beings and we are literally growing when we're in the womb in someone else's body and energy. And so they're actually passing down or like imprinting their belief systems and experiences and traumas and things that are unresolved onto us as well. And this isn't an, a, a thing of blaming. It's really acknowledging that we chose to come here to have this experience. We have a deep mission, a deep calling, um, desires and a reason for being here. And I also believe that we did play a part in choosing who we came to have this experience with. But also, it doesn't mean that behavior is okay. This is not condoning behavior and it's not blaming anyone for the experience that we've had. But actually starting to take self-responsibility, take our power back to become aware of what may be going on for us, where these things stem from, so that we can take our power back and start to really unravel the layers to heal these wounds, which actually supports the healing of the generations and those who came before us as well. So I've just popped a few dot points of just where this can stem from and there's many more, there's lots of layers and there's a lot to go in, but I don't want to overwhelm you too much with overloading, but these are just some of the points where we might notice the good girl conditioning stem from. And that's why I really love that story from Gabo Mate. It's something that when we think of it today, it doesn't maybe register as trauma, but that can actually be really traumatizing when you're say three, four or five and we're just expressing and being ourselves and we don't really know any other way to communicate. We're, we're learning and then all of a sudden we might do or say something and then we trigger someone and then they just they kind of lash out because they're not aware how to deal with their triggers either. But the amazing thing with triggers is they're actually incredible lessons and messages for us. They're actually leading us 
to our authentic self. They're actually leading us to deep healing because triggers are revealing what's unresolved inside. So if we can hold on to that little piece, when you move on on your journey and you start to experience getting triggered, you can actually have that come up in your mind of like, okay, yes, I'm experiencing a trigger. It's not fun. It's not easy. It's not nice. But what is this revealing to me? And have a little bit of that self-inquiry and that awareness of like, there's something here for me. There's a gift. There's a message. There's a lesson. And when we receive that, we can actually heal that trigger, complete that cycle. And then that helps us to move on our journey with getting triggered less in those experiences. And the more we practice this, the less power triggers have over us. So just remembering that when we're triggered, it's not a bad thing. It's uncomfortable, but it's here to reveal something. So what is it here to offer me? So I'll just go through a few of these other ones. So a lot of fear, there's so much fear collectively and what we witness in the world. There's shaming and shaming can be so subtle. It's not even often intentional and it can be just subtle things that are said to us all through life that make us feel like what we're experiencing or feeling or thinking is invalid or wrong. And so we're like, oh, I'm not actually safe to share this. I'm not safe to express this emotion. And it's just pushing it more and more down. And thinking of yourself like an onion, what we're doing with this kind of work with what I'm sharing with you is we're actually peeling the layers back from the outermost layer Sometimes we try to dive right into the core of the onion. We just want it all gone now. And that's too overwhelming for our system. And that can actually be re-traumatizing when we overwhelm ourselves and try and do all of this stuff all at once, all on our own. So it's really important to take it step by step, layer by layer. So really, as I'm sharing this stuff, just tuning in for yourself, what is resonating, what's coming up for you, what are you feeling in your body? Because often I can share some things and we can start to feel the, our connection to fear or shame or trauma or the sadness or the things that aren't resolved may actually start to already be coming to the surface. So just know whatever's arising is always welcome, but always tuning in and becoming really curious because your body is always speaking to you. And it's the disconnection from our body, from our authentic self from our higher self, our intuition, that disconnection creates like those messages to get more faint and they're harder to pick up on. And that's when it starts to get louder and louder and louder. So we experience pain, we experience chronic fatigue or anxiety or um, disease or depression. It's like these messages haven't been heard on the subtle layer. So they get louder and louder and louder. Our triggers get more intense because we didn't hear it the first time because it's quite subtle to begin with. But the more we practice tuning in, the easier it is to pick up on those subtleties before they kind of become explosive. I also want to bring up a little bit like there are, if you believe in past lives that we've been here before and we've done different journeys, there is an imprint of what we experience in those lives that can also be passed down. Um, bullying as well, bullying is quite a, a big one that I, I believe most of us or if not all of us have experienced in some form. And again, this can be subtle as well. Just like the shaming, sometimes it's, it's so subtle and people don't realize they're doing it. 
Other times it was really intense, especially in childhood years in school. When you think about if there's a lot of parents out there that haven't dealt with their trauma, their conditioning, and then they're passing that down to their kids and the kids are going to the school and then almost acting it out with each other and treating others what, how they're treated. Because often we treat people unconsciously from a place of woundedness and trauma and how we've been treated. We're really showing each other what's unresolved within ourselves. So when we come into that school ground, there's so many kids, it can feel so overwhelming, especially if you resonate with being quite a sensitive being. Sometimes um, we resonate with being an empath, um, someone that feels a lot of other people's emotions and thoughts. Um, and it can be really challenging in those adolescent childhood years, trying to connect with yourself and feel what you're feeling, let alone picking up on what others are feeling as well. And as I said, we, we are these beings of connection. We need, we have this need for attention, for love, for connection. And if we're not getting it, we start to find or look for ways in order to be noticed, to be seen, to be heard. And sometimes that might mean we go into trying to be perfect and this good girl and doing everything right and fearing if I do something wrong, I won't be loved. And then there's also the other side of sometimes when that's not working, we start to rebel and we start to explode and get really and start to really act out because we're in pain we're not being seen we're not being heard so there's multiple ways that we can go we're all so unique and we're all going to respond very differently to different experiences and the other thing that i want to come back to just before we move on here i spoke a little bit about the the car accident how two people can walk away completely differently and I just want to bring some awareness to this. So sometimes we're like, well, why? Why can two people be in literally the same car that crashes and one's all good and one's not? And it can really depend on the past experiences and how much we're holding in our body. And there's something called the window of tolerance. So the more trauma and wounds and conditionings and things that we're holding in our system, it actually creates this window to get more narrow. And when it's really narrow, we're more triggered easily and we're more shut down and um, feeling really rigid and unsafe and needing to like shut ourselves down as a way of protection, always looking for the next threat which really prevents us from living fully, from living as our authentic selves, from feeling safe to be ourselves, because that's a really big thing is actually feeling safe to express, to be who we truly are. So the more that we hold on to, the more narrow that window gets. So someone that can walk away and almost just shake it off, they may not be holding on to as much, or maybe they've begun their journey of healing a lot of the stuff they were holding on to. And that window gets wider and wider, the more layers that we peel back. So what I've noticed for me on my journey is as I'm doing this trauma healing and releasing these different beliefs and stories and ideas about who I thought I was or who I thought I had to be, my window has gotten wider. And what I've noticed is I'm less overwhelmed or consumed by my triggers. So I might still get triggered, but I'm able to come into self-inquiry pretty rapidly rather than losing myself in that trigger. Because I'm noticing for a lot of people, a lot of people that reach out to me, it's the triggers that overwhelm them, that are so uncomfortable, that are so painful, 
that it's like I'm in so much pain that I need I need to do something. It's usually that deep pain point that brings that calling of I need to go on this path. So what I aim to do is support you in peeling back those layers. So rather than the triggers being completely consuming where you completely lose yourself, they actually become more of your teachers of that. Oh, I feel that trigger. What is it revealing to me? And it becomes more easy to do that in the moment rather than usually it's like we get triggered. It's like an explosion. All this energy overcomes. We feel like maybe we go into explosive anger or we get really anxious or fearful or whatever the case and we completely shut down we go into those coping mechanisms um, looking for different things to numb the pain and distract ourselves and hide away or escape from that pain and then we become even more disconnected from ourselves so doing this work will actually help you to tune in more rapidly of like yep i feel this it's okay to feel this i'm safe to feel this what is here for me what is the message? What do I need to support myself through this? So just take a moment here. I'm just closing down your eyes if that feels okay. And just take a few deep breaths with me here. just allowing what has been shared to really land. This may be completely new to you. Maybe it's really resonating or maybe it's feeling a little overwhelming. Maybe you've heard this before and maybe it's landing in a different way. You're hearing it in a different way. What I've noticed for me, even things that I've heard time and time again, Sometimes it's like that 30th time or it's the way that someone says it that allows it to land a little differently, a little deeper, and I finally like, boom, something just clicks. But also being aware that if this is new content for you, if there is a bit of like, wow, this is really resonating or wow, this is a little overwhelming, there's a lot here, I just want to invite you to take this moment here to really tune in Notice what's coming up for you, what you're feeling, what sensations are present for you. Just allow yourself to ground, to come into this present moment. Allowing any energy that is starting to shift or move to just settle. Continuing to follow your breath. Taking these pauses are really important to regulate your nervous system, to reflect, to allow this all to land. And this is something we really need to be doing more of in our daily life. So when we are getting triggered or when we're doing deep work, when there's emotion, maybe when we're with someone that's in a trigger or in an emotion or an expression, 
remembering to take this pause and just notice what's here. Because in a trigger, we tend to get so fixated and focused on one thing and we can get stuck on a loop. Apologies. Just gently coming back. So yeah, when when these triggers happen, we tend to get so fixated on the the big thing. So for an example, if it's anxiety, the anxiety comes up and we experience a lot of different things that our alarm bell, our survival brain tells us I'm anxious. But when we take the time to pause and connect with our sensations and the other feelings that we're noticing, we can realize that actually it's not just anxiety and it can actually bring us into the present and help to discharge that intense energy. So it's a really powerful practice just to take that pause, to tune in, to come into the moment and notice what sensations are here for you. And you'll find that that will actually help you to move through the trigger. So I'm just going to check the chat. If there's anything that's resonating for you or any questions, just pop them in. Thanks, Kat, for sharing. Anya, thank you. Putting on those masks, it's... And it can be quite intense. Like sometimes we know we're doing it, but it feels like we're powerless to do anything different. We can feel really stuck of like, yeah, I do this, but how do I not do it? And we're going to go a little bit more into that as well. But that's what I found on the journey. A big part of it was actually realizing, wow, I've just blurted something out. That's not my truth. A big thing that was happening for me for a long while is I would start sharing something And then someone would oppose my view or my share and they're like, oh yeah, 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 yep, that's, and then I would completely abandon what I just said and completely agree with what they said. And it was like, it wasn't even, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't a conscious action. It literally just purged out of me of like this protection of like, oh gosh, they're disagreeing with what I'm sharing. I've got to fully agree with them. Otherwise, like it felt like there was a threat there, almost like life threatening. And I had to get on the same page. Otherwise, something bad was going to happen. And when I started to notice when I was doing that, I was like, oh, wow, I I can see that I'm doing that. And I didn't wrong it. I didn't shame it. I just noticed it because that's where we can get stuck is we can acknowledge something and then we start shaming and wronging ourselves and beating ourselves up and we get stuck in this loop. But when we see it and observe it and be like, oh, wow, I just did that, that actually isn't me being my true self and we reflect on how do we want to move forth next time when that situation arises because often these situations will arise again and again and again to give us the opportunity to practice what we learn so you may even notice situations arise after this webinar that give you the opportunity to put what you're learning here in practice which is a really beautiful thing but again it's not always comfortable not always easy 
Yeah, thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I totally resonate with this. Um, my daughter triggers me. Um, so I've got a, a little boy, uh, two, two years and three months. And what I noticed when he came through, it was exponential healing and awareness of noticing how much they bring up for us. Often it's the people that are closest to us. So intimate partners, children, family, maybe really close friends that you've had for years tend to bring out the deepest pains. Um, and it can really shake those relationships and it can be really challenging. But I feel like that's one of the most amazing things about having relationships and connections and mentors and connecting in these spaces as well, having community, because it can bring different things out that actually reveal to us what's unresolved, what's unhealed. And it's just bringing it to the surface. But sometimes when that happens, we're like, you made me feel this way. And we start projecting onto that person of like, you did this, you made me feel like this, it's your fault. Because we haven't learnt these, these concepts and these things that actually, if I'm being triggered, there's something here for me. There's something deeper that's being brought to the surface. It doesn't mean that that behaviour that that person did or something they said was okay. It's just noticing that when we're triggered, there's actually something here for us. And that's why I say take the pause, remove yourself from that situation and reflect on what's just happened. And then you can actually take self-responsibility of like, okay, there's a deep core wound here. This experience revealed this to me. What do I want to, what do I choose to do about this now? And then when you complete that cycle, you can actually reapproach the situation or the person and explain where the trigger came from or set your boundary or have the conscious conversation and say, well, when you said this, I felt this. And actually letting that person know what came up, what was happening. Because often when they're doing something that triggers you, they're completely unaware. And we kind of think that they sh it's obvious they should know but we need to have those conversations, but it can be really hard when we're getting triggered all the time because those cycles are incomplete. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you for sharing and always taking at your own pace, taking what resonates, leaving the rest, knowing that some of this will really land for you today. Some of it might not, some of it will resonate, some of it may not, and that's all okay. Just like I said, coming in with an open mind, feeling into what feels right for you, what you're ready to receive. I find it really amazing that we can rewatch this after and there's pieces that you're like, I don't even remember her saying that because there's so much that's shared and we'll pick up on what most resonates for us, what most kind of triggers those like um, light bulbs and those insights, those ahas. But then when you rewatch it, there'll be more that lands for you and you're like, oh my God, I missed that piece. And so that repetition will actually take this much deeper for you as well. Mm. Thank you, Gems, for sharing. Yeah, because yeah, it can, we can definitely become almost, yeah, that space holder. Um, and a lot of this, it may or may not resonate for you, but what I noticed for me is that I almost, I guess, became the parent for my parents and became the one that was holding space for my mum and 
being there for her and listening to her. But I found when I would share, when I would express, when I was like, this is, or try to express, because I found it really challenging, it wasn't really received or I wasn't, she wasn't able to hold space for me. And I found that really, really challenging. And it felt really unsafe to express myself to others because I'd been shut down a lot because what I was maybe sharing or the way I was expressing was really triggering. Um, and having the, doing this work and having this awareness has really allowed me to heal that relationship that was wounded for a long time because I did kind of become that person for, for my mom and other people. So yeah, I totally, totally resonate. Yeah, and what we really wanna do is learn how we can hold space for ourselves, learn how we can take up space, but also how we can hold space. And it's about that balance of giving and taking. The thing is, if we are over giving all of the time, we become an energetic match for people that it's more easy for them to take. Because there's, that's what, what tends to happen is we, if we're constantly overgiving, 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 we often don't know how to receive. So if someone were to come into our life to offer to us, we don't even know how to accept it. And we tend to push it away and become really resistant. Um, so that's also something to be aware of, of we actually do become these energetic matches, this magnetism for what's held inside. And we can really draw forth different situations from our past unconsciously, not intentionally, but we can start to have similar experiences again and again. We tend to maybe date the same person or have the same friend or the same job or the same boss, very similar things when we start to look at the past and how much really mirrors each other. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So I'm going to share my screen again. So I've gone into this a little bit already, but childhood is a big, big part of this. When we come into the world, we're actually in quite a deep meditative state of mind. And so from that one to seven, that you, or zero to seven, sorry, we come in as these sponges absorbing everything as a way of learning. We create our core beliefs here. Many of these, are, like I said, are passed down from parents because that's the beings that we come into the world first and foremost. That's where we have most of our interaction, that first piece. Um, and many of us are completely unaware of the fact that when we hold on to something, when it goes unresolved, we actually do pass that down. It does have an imprint. And when we begin this healing journey, it's not about completely getting rid of it. It's actually learning how to embrace it, to integrate it. Um, and knowing that as we, the more of this work that we do, that trauma, that experience, that conditioning may still be there or be in our awareness. It's part of our journey but it no longer has power over us because the more layers we go through, the more power we take back. But we also, it's not about, some of us have this fear about having power as if we might hurt someone or we might not be able to handle it. But there's a difference in being in your power, empowered to in, like having power over someone and trying to be in this kind of control seat where we want to have all this power to, again, we're coming from fear and feeling unsafe. 
the empoweredness comes through when we feel safe to be ourselves. We know how to set our boundaries. We can speak our truth. We can hold space. We can be mindful of others. And there's, this is a journey, just being aware of that. So as I said, this is an unintentional process. So we're not here to blame anyone for what we're going through, but just to become aware of it. And I just want to go a little bit, so I'm just going to give you some visuals of when you first come in, so the first two years of your life, you're actually in the delta state. So this might be brand new to you. It's, I'm not going to go too in-depth with it or anything like that. But when you're doing meditation, if you've explored with meditation before, we are aiming to come into the alpha and theta state. We come in, when we come into theta, it's like this deep relaxation and this is where we can really start to rewire our neural pathways and shift beliefs um, and do a lot of deep work. But many of us, we're stuck in beta, where we're awake, alert, always on. We don't actually know how to relax because we have grown up and we live in this busy, busy world where there's so much going on, so much coming out at us, so much distraction. And it can be really hard for us to even wind down at night even really hard for us to get to sleep or have a good quality sleep because our brain is just constantly on. And when we're in this survival brain, when we're living in survival, we're always looking for alert. We're looking for the threat. And so it's really hard for us to actually relax and we can wake up feeling really lethargic, really tired, like we haven't had enough sleep and we're like, well, I was asleep for nine hours or seven hours or whatever. And it's like, why am I not, why am I still tired? Because we haven't, We've got that short window of tolerance, which tells us we're not safe and we're looking for the threats even when we're sleeping. So when we come in, when we learn to come into that theta state through practicing meditation and um, breath work and doing work to release what's held inside, we can actually relax our nervous system, which means we can start to shift a lot of these neural pathways. But when you're in that two to six years, you're actually living in theta, which means you're constantly in a meditative state, which means when you're absorbing stuff, you're actually taking it in, in a really potent state where you're actually creating neural pathways and belief systems. And this is really deep. That's why when we're doing this work, sometimes it feels like, why is it not working? Why is nothing changing? And then we might give up because it feels like it's not working, but we're going through the layers. It does take time to, to go through that process. So again, just a little bit of, about the brain because it's, I find this is really powerful. It might go straight over your head to begin with, but like I said, you can always come back to it. I'm not going to go too deep to, so I don't overwhelm. But the, the survival part of our brain is the oldest part of our brain. It's called the reptilian brain. This is where our survival mechanism mechanisms are, the primalness, our alarm bells, picking up on potential threats. Um, and many of us can get stuck here. So if we're in constant anxiety, constant panic, constant fear, and like just always on edge, always like really tense in our body, this is where we tend to be. And it can be really hard to come into self-reflection and ask ourselves the self-inquiry questions and tune into what's going on for us. We could be really disconnected if we stay in this for too long. We're not designed to be in this stress state for long periods of time. It's only meant to like really come online when there's an actual threat. 
But like I said, with the car accident, if you had like, if you were say in a red car or a red car hit you, and then anytime you see a red car, it's like, boom. And it's like, sets that alarm bell off, anxiety, fear, contraction, the body tension, and then we can get really stuck there. But the thing is, this isn't a bad part of the brain. We need this part. It's like what if we step on the road without looking and a car's coming and we jump back. There's a part of us that saw that car coming before we actually physically saw it, like, or consciously aware that we saw it. That's what that brain is doing. It's protecting us. We need that. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't last very long. The limbic part is the next kind of part that was developed. And this is more of our internal dialogue, our thoughts, emotions, feelings, the stories, the ego. Um, and this is where we can kind of get stuck in those loops and we start telling ourselves, I'm not good enough. See, I told you I couldn't do that. Or, oh, you're just an idiot. Or you're just so stupid. And those kinds of things. Or we can have a really positive um, internal self-talk as well. And um, the thing is, there's a lot of misconception with the ego as well feeling like the ego is wrong and we need to get rid of it when actually it's a really important part it has a part to play it's not about getting rid of it but actually again embracing it and tuning into what this part of us has for us what this part of us is teaching us because often those stories that are playing on repeat they have a message whether they're good story or perceived as good stories perceived as bad stories this is really part of our experience that really allows us to have this human experience, to feel all the emotions, to connect intrinsically and inwards. And um, it's actually a really beautiful part, but what can happen is we can get stuck on loop and it can cause a lot of suffering. What I found with this part of me is I did a lot of work with this with breath work where I actually started to really acknowledge and connect to the different emotions and thoughts and stories. And I actually started to welcome them in and get really curious, be with those stories, but also be the observer. And there was an experience that I had not even too long ago, maybe two or three years ago, where I got really triggered by something that someone had said to me. And I started to play on loop and I started to feel really contracted, really uncomfortable in my body and I was getting really frustrated I was like oh I just I want this to stop and I was getting really agitated and then there was this moment where I was like hang on a minute and I took that pause that I mentioned and I said I actually spoke to my ego as if it was a separate person in front of me and I just said hey if this is something that you've got to go through that's okay I'm going to be here with you through the whole thing when you're done I'm still going to be here it's all, it's all okay. You can, you have pretty much given myself permission to be with that loop. And then I just surrendered and surrender is, it's another big topic, but I just, it was really just me allowing, I was like, you know what, I just accepting what's here and letting myself be with it and hold space for that part of myself. And what happened is the, it, it continued to go for a little while, but then it started to slow down and slow down and slow down and then all of a sudden it just settled and it was like this feeling of completion like that trigger that cycle that i was getting stuck in just integrated and it took about two hours whereas previously i would be going through this for days and sometimes weeks and for that to be two hours it was intense but it was like whoa that was a massive shift for me and since then it takes nowhere near as long 
it's just much more rapid, but there's no need for it to be rapid either. So if it wanted to take longer, I'm willing to hold space for that. And because there is that willingness and that acceptance just to hold and that practice of holding space for myself. Um, and this was also something that I worked with with a lot of mentors as well of like allowing space to be held for me. And that helped me to learn how to hold space for me and for others. But it just started to settle and it was life changing. So just knowing that the ego is not a bad thing. Often I find the ego can be the inner child coming through as well, almost like screaming at you, like, hear me, see me. And we keep pushing it away and it gets louder and louder. Sometimes I'll, I'll often see my ego as this child, like just pulling at my shirt, just nagging me. And I'll get more and more frustrated like in the past and just like, go away, go away, go away. And then it's just, it just wants to be loved. It wants to be seen. It wants to be heard. The other thing that I noticed a big part of the ego was setting boundaries of first holding space and hearing and validating the feeling and the experience. But then, especially when it came to beating myself up, I was like, I hear you. I see you. I feel you. I get why you're doing this but it's no longer okay to treat me this way. Because often if someone spoke to us the way that we speak to ourselves, we wouldn't be hanging around for them very long. And maybe if we do, there can be sometimes a lot of lack of self-worth and we don't feel like we deserve any better. But often if we actually experience someone speaking the way that we do to ourselves, we're often our own worst critic, we wouldn't stick around. We wouldn't want to be around that person. And so I set that boundary with myself of like, we're not doing this anymore. It's not okay. And children need boundaries. They're often looking for the boundaries. Boundaries create a sense of safety and security. So when I set this boundary with myself, it was like a aha moment of, oh, all right, that's not okay. Okay. And it took a few times to be like, oh, yeah, remind of the boundary in a heart-centered, loving way, kind way, not shaming or wronging, just saying, not accepting this anymore. And now that beating myself up pattern has completed. That's no longer a thing. And it just, it's going through those layers and having more and more compassion for yourself. And so the third part of the brain, the neocortex is our newest part. This is really where it's much more advanced. It's really our ability to become the observer, to think before action. So shifting from reaction and those triggered reaction states to consciously responding and taking those pauses and like, all right, I feel some energy happening in my body. I feel a bit of anxiety or I feel um, tension or like that heatedness. Like you can feel that building of energy when like almost when you're getting into a heated discussion with a partner or something and we become more and more aware of it before we actually just lose ourselves. So again, the more we go through these layers, the more stronger that the neocortex becomes where you can actually tap into that much sooner because the neocortex is much slower. The reptilian has to be super fast because that's what keeps us safe when, say, we're walking onto the road when a car's coming. The limbic is something we've practiced again and again, so we tend to repeat these stories and these thoughts, um, and it becomes very familiar, very easy to draw that memory or that story back. The neocortex takes a little bit longer, but the more we practice these tools, the stronger and more familiar it becomes, where that becomes your new normal. 
And just knowing that all of these are essential, it's about integrating them, bringing them together. The next thing, we might just take a pause here because I do share a lot. I just want to just let me know how you're feeling at the moment. Um, if you are feeling overwhelmed or anything, we'll just take a moment here to pause. And I love um, the interaction in the chat of actually seeing each other as well and resonating. That's what I love about community and working with others as well is that we actually start to realize we're not alone in this. And this is stuff that a lot of people are experiencing and it actually really supports the healing journey to know that we're not alone. And that it also, it brings up the fact that there's not something wrong with you it's actually a collective thing that a lot of us experience and are moving through so as always just take take this at your own pace take those deep breaths when you need to so another important part with the brain is it doesn't distinguish between what is healthy or unhealthy what it doesn't differentiate between i want this and i don't want this so often when we talk about what we're experiencing or what we want or what we desire for ourselves we tend to focus on what we don't want and we're like i just don't want to feel this anymore i just don't want to have the anxiety i don't want to like and we focus on what we don't want but the universe, the brain, like all of it doesn't actually acknowledge the word don't. It acknowledges the thing. So if you're saying, I don't want to feel anxiety anymore, I don't want to feel sad, I don't want to feel angry, we're actually, all we're receiving is, I feel angry. And it can actually, that's what can get us stuck in those leaps of replaying the stories and the emotions and the thoughts, like really amplifying them. We can get so fixated and where energy go, or when where thoughts, goes energy flows so if we're focusing on the anxiety focusing on the pain we tend to amplify it and it doesn't mean we just turn away from it and ignore it and be like well if i positive think over here that will go away because if that's not been resolved it keeps knocking at your door so when i began my journey i went into positive thinking and affirmations but i wasn't dealing with the subconscious and the stuff that was buried deep so that actually is what had control over what my reality and what was happening. I had to start to bring the shadows, the darkness into the light to integrate it all so that I could actually consciously respond and consciously create and step into my authenticity. So yeah, if you are working with affirmations and they may be not working, often there is something stronger stored in the subconscious or in the body that hasn't been resolved. And that's what I found for me of like trying to do the secret, um, the law of attraction, the affirmations. I found it really hard in the beginning. It was really this trauma work that's actually allowed me to really come into my authenticity and really step into my authentic life and really living life on my terms. Another piece is the body language and the words that we use, the language that we use. Your words, your voice is so incredibly powerful and often we are completely unaware of how the words we're using are affecting us. 
especially when you're like, you made me feel this way. We're literally giving our power away and allowing others to dictate how we feel. This isn't obviously an intentional act of using those words, but it's just getting really aware of what language we're using. This is also something that can be really powerful when when you have a mentor or friends or people that are like-minded, like on this journey together, we have the opportunity to have that outside perspective where we can be like, hey, and just kind of give you a little nudge, not like judging or criticizing or always pointing the shit out, but just coming to you in that heart-centered way of like, I hear you, I see you, it's completely valid to feel this. But there's also some stuff here of like, well, we, we're saying we want this, but there's incongruency that's actually preventing us, creating obstacles from getting from here to where we want to be. So really being aware of self-talk, but also how we talk to others, because sometimes we can do a lot of this internal work. We become really aware of how we're communicating within, but then as soon or even people that we maybe feel safe with, we can talk about our stuff with one person. But then we go into another situation where we haven't created safety yet, and we start talking with a whole other language. We put those masks on. We feel unsafe to talk. And yeah, so it's becoming really aware of when we put those masks on and how we communicate because that can be an obstacle that's preventing you from stepping into that authenticity. So again, it's not wronging yourself, just even having a journal with you. So when that happens, go and reflect on that. Have some space and write it down what's going on. So I'm going to start to step into, there's a lot that I've shared. I'd love to hear from you in the chat of like, if you've got um, one big takeaway from so far, just share in the chat of like, what's one thing that's really deeply resonated or like that aha or that light bulb moment for you. I'm going to start to shift the conversation now and going into, so what can we do? It's like, this is maybe great to, to receive and have this awareness. And even just having that will start to shift things for you. But sometimes we, we often don't see it in the moment that the shift happens. We often see it when a situation comes up or a trigger or a conversation or we connect with someone. We're like, wow, it, I can now feel the shift that happened from that conversation that was had or from that message that was received. Often it's like a delayed thing that happens. Um, it's the same with when I run breathwork workshops we'll have this big shift in the moment, but like, well, I don't really know how that's changed my life. Like I could feel like a deep, like a powerful expression, a powerful release, but I don't really know how that's shifted my reality until I go back into the reality, into the day-to-day -day and start to notice, oh, wow, I'm not feeling as triggered. Oh, wow, I'm able to have this conversation that I wasn't able to have before. Oh, wow, like I'm now able to connect to my creativity or my sexuality or my voice. Like, it's often when we leave these spaces that we start to see those shifts taking place. Mm. So it's this inner work that really allows the unraveling of trauma and conditioning. It's not only healing ourselves, but it's also healing 
our lineage, our gen the generations, it does have a ripple effect and it's also completing those cycles. So we're no longer enabling those behaviors or continuing those behaviors. Uh, it's really, really powerful. But there are so many forms of inner work, so many healing modalities, so many teachings. What I've found on my journey is it can be really overwhelming when there's so much coming out at you. There's so many people sharing all these different things that you can do that it's like, where do I even start? It can be too overwhelming. What I've noticed for me is that I've started, I've really learned to trust where I'm guided. So there's a reason why you registered for this webinar. There's a reason why you showed up today or why you're watching the replay. There's a reason why you've connected with someone when you were, you took a different route to working. I don't even know why I took that route. And then I connected with this person. There's all these synchronicities that are taking place that are really helping you on your journey. So it's really trusting. It's like that bookshop that you went in and that book that you were called to. I don't believe in coincidences or accidents. I believe that everything is synchronistically happening for our journey. It's not happening to us. It's happening for us and for our journey. And it's for us to tune in of what is here for me to receive here. But the thing is with this journey, because there is so much that we are navigating, so many layers, so many feelings, the window of tolerance for us tends to be really short and our nervous system really needs that support to regulate. So when things are coming up, we can actually move through it. It doesn't take us to get to that super intense pain, overwhelming trigger, losing ourselves to really take that next step. We want to be able to take those steps before we get to that point to actually do the work when we're feeling really good so that it makes the times that are really challenging easier or smoother because often it's when we, we wait for the the deepest pain or the most challenging time of like now i've got to do something to to get out of this but if we're able to actually do the work and we're like oh i'm feeling relaxed oh i'm feeling actually pretty good Oh, things are shifting for me. I'm feeling great. That's often when we're like, oh, I don't need the support. But actually that's the time or that's the time when we say, oh, I don't need to do my practice today or I don't need to do my meditation. I'm already feeling good. I don't need to do the breath work. But it's actually those times where you're going to get the most out of your practice because you're in a regulated state. You're in a state where you're open to receive and you're feeling more safe to actually go into the depths. It doesn't mean we don't do anything when we're feeling triggered and overwhelmed and stuff. There are different practices to support us with that. But the more consistent we can be, the more work we can do when things are feeling a little more at ease, the deeper we can actually go. And so this is why I talk a lot about of having a mentor, having a support system, having a friend or a community or something that can support you on this journey. Because when the stuff comes up, it can feel really terrifying to be on your own. And then we're like just grabbing for anything we can find, looking for that lifeline. So when you find something, whether it's a book, a course, a teacher, a friend, a community, whatever it is that you resonate with, build that connection, build that relationship. If you've got a practice that you resonate with, you love a particular meditation or you love breath work or cacao ceremonies or um, yoga or, or whatever it is for you, Practice it regularly, not just in the times where you feel like absolute shit and in pain. And because often those are the times where we don't want to do it the most, but we need it the most. So if we're practicing it regularly, 
in those times where we really maybe don't want to do it or we're feeling too overwhelmed to do it, it's already a familiar practice that we will gravitate towards rather than going for something that maybe isn't serving like alcohol or drugs or um, doing whatever it is going into different scenarios. Like for me, it could be projecting or getting really angry or for a long time it was alcohol for me, but we all have different coping mechanisms. Sometimes it's numbing out or watching TV or social media, shutting down, like going to relationships that aren't like friendships or intimate relationships that aren't serving us, but we just want to distract ourselves. So the more we practice this work and have support, people that we can reach out to, that makes those challenging times much smoother and easier to navigate. So the other thing I just want to bring a little bit of awareness to, sometimes it can feel a little bit unfair or a lot unfair when we realize that a lot of this stuff isn't even ours. It's actually been passed down for generations. And then a big thing that I had for a while was like, well, why do I have to be the one to do the work? Why couldn't my parents or their parents do the work and why couldn't they have guided me? Why couldn't they have given me these tools when I really, really needed them? Why couldn't they have supported me? And we can get stuck in that loop and that story and that can prevent us again from taking our power back in this moment, taking the responsibility to do the work now. And it just prolongs the journey. It prevents us from taking that next step to living our best life. The thing is, I believe it's part of our mission. I believe a lot of us came here to complete a lot of these cycles, to heal the generations, to heal ourselves, to really show others that it is possible to live an incredible, fulfilling, empowered, abundant life. Because a lot of us can be stuck in scarcity and lack and feeling not good enough, feeling unworthy, not able to receive. And by doing this work, we actually start to open up and realize it is safe for us to receive. It is safe for us to have an amazing life and to be authentic and express ourselves fully. And the more we step into that, it actually allows others to do it as well. It's giving that permission slip and saying, hey, I felt this too. This is what I did. This is what helped me. Maybe it'll help you too. And we actually start to come together and rise together. I grew up with a lot of bullying and clickiness and like people against people and competition and comparison and judgment and a fear of actually connecting with other women and having sisterhood and friendships that were really authentic. I always kept these masks on, putting on different versions of me to fit in and I really lacked, I was really starving for that connection. But by doing this work, I've actually been connecting with so many amazing women and women that aren't necessarily like comparing or projecting or competing. It's actually us all coming together, coming back to sisterhood, rising together, which is really, really powerful. Um, so, yeah, this is really what I'm here to share is like, let's do this together. Of, We don't have to do this alone. Find your community um, and you'll find that that really shifts your healing journey exponentially like the growth and the healing just happens at amazing amazing paces and again it's not forcing that fast tracking but the fast tracking actually happens simultaneously and spontaneously what i notice is actually it's a bit counterintuitive that we try to get somewhere so fast and we're like chasing this desire we're running away from the thing we don't want but actually it's the slowing down it's the pause 
It's the self-reflection, it's going inward that actually speeds up the process. But for me, I was like just always running, like I've got to get there fast, I'm so behind. like, And I was just running away from the pain and just trying to grasp at this thing that I wanted. But the unworthiness would actually prevent that thing that I wanted from fully coming in. Because what I noticed is when people or experiences or things would come into my life, I didn't know how to receive it. So some some forms of inner work, just this is really just a few that, like I said, there's so much out there and it's tuning in for you what resonates for you. So there's meditation and I've put chilling out in brackets here because there was a friend um, that I connected with recently and she was doing a workshop on meditation and she was like, there's so much ideas and stories and resistance to meditation of like thinking it's sitting in absolute silence and the mind isn't thinking anymore. But actually, it can be a space of chilling out, of actually being with your thoughts, of not needing them to go anywhere and just always coming back to your breath and becoming the observer of your thoughts. Because your mind's going to think it's going to do what it does. It's what it's designed to do. But the more we practice this, the quieter it becomes and the more present we become, the more we're able to become familiar with stillness. And that's when we can actually tune into our intuition, our insights, guidance, um, the innate wisdom within us. So if we think of it more of chilling out, it takes a lot of the pressure off of thinking I've got to be some monk on a hill with absolute silence and stillness. And there's so many forms of meditation. It can just be putting some music on, lighting a candle and just breathing. It could be a guided meditation. It could be cooking. It could be walking. It doesn't have to be always sitting and in stillness. It can be movement as well. Yoga, embodiment work, breath work, self-reflection. Cacao ceremony is another one that I work really deeply with. It's an incredible, incredible plant. Um, and it really supported me in shedding the layers, in rebirthing, in reconnecting to myself, in opening my heart, feeling safe, feeling supported. So if you do want more information, if you don't know what Kakawa is or if you want more information, I can send some links So just reach out. Um, work with a coach. Find someone that you resonate with that has gone through this journey and that can support you through that journey because what happens when we connect to someone that's walked that path that you resonate with, it does actually speed up the process. It does fast track that rather than trying to like try all these different things and then like being so overwhelmed, having someone that you can actually just hear you and acknowledge you and validate that what you're experiencing right now is normal, is valid, is okay. And when you're feeling overwhelmed or challenges or triggers are coming out, you've got someone to be with you in that, to not feel alone. And you'll find that those energies discharge much faster. Community, going out in nature and as I said, there's so much more. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm sure you've, well, maybe you've got some yourself. If you have some, share in the chat. If you don't have anything right now, share that in the chat um, and you'll get some beautiful ideas and things flowing just from this conversation, but also the other shares. I've also got our Facebook community, which is, um, I've sent a link. I will send the link again, but the self-love community on my Facebook. This is another place where you can join in for community and get ideas and recommendations of what you could explore. Because that's the thing. 
what we're doing here is, is we're exploring, we're experimenting, almost coming back to that like childlike innocence of let me try this, let me see how it feels, let me, let me see if it resonates. And that's what we're doing here is I'm sharing a bit of my story, a bit of insights and teachings and wisdom that I've learned on the journey, as well as some different practices to explore with. And then it's just like, hey, let me sit with this. How does this feel for me? Let me try some meditation. Oh, that meditation didn't work. Let me try a different one. And so as I've shared quite a lot and I, I repeat certain things intentionally because repetition is strengthening those neural pathways and something that I really find is super, super important because I hear it all the time of how do I get rid of this? How do I stop feeling this? How do I like, we're just constantly trying to push away the pain. Well, what we actually want to do is embrace it, which can be terrifying because it can feel like, well, if I fully let myself feel this, if I fully go into this, I may not survive. There's this part of us that says, I won't survive this. But when we embrace, it's actually integrating. We're bringing the darkness, the shadows into the light. We're embracing it. And integrate means to make whole. But sometimes we think if I embrace this, it's going to be forever. But everything is temporary. And the more we're able to lean in, that's how we actually move through it. Because there's an analogy that I, I tend to share is that when we go into depression or anxiety or sadness or whatever it is, it feels like we're in a dark hole. But actually what we're in is a tunnel. And it gets darker and darker and darker sometimes before all of a sudden we see a twinkling light that gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We've got to keep taking those next steps. And when it gets really, really dark, it can feel really intense and like this is never going to end. We can ask us, when's it going to be over? When's it going to end? And we can kind of want to turn around and go back. And we go back to old stories, patterns, habits, coping mechanisms, only to realize, well, we've got to go through that tunnel anyway, so we've got to start that journey. Um, not always again. I believe in muscle memory. Each time we kind of pick ourselves back up, it's that next step where we move through a little faster, a little faster. So again, we're not wronging ourselves or shaming ourselves if we fall down. I've fallen down many, many times, but every time we get back up, we get a little stronger, we move forward a little more, and we just keep taking those steps. And for me, I tried to do this journey alone and I found another conditioning that came up for me is that I should be able to do it alone. And if I can't, then I'm a failure. I'm weak. There's something wrong with me. And there was also this belief and this feeling that letting people in, letting people help me was not safe. It felt really threatening to open my heart, to be vulnerable, to let someone fully see me it was terrifying. Because if they fully saw me and still didn't love me, accept me, or I didn't belong, that would be way too painful. So it was easier to show up as these, like almost, I guess, fake versions of self, like wearing these different masks. Because if they rejected me, well, I already knew that wasn't really my true self. So it protected me in a way. But it was actually when I found, it took me a little while, but when I found someone that I actually resonated with and courses and modalities and books and things that I was like, this person gets me, I can feel safe with them. I'm going to go into that. And that's when my healing and my journey completely like just started, things started shifting like this. 
and it was incredible. The last, especially the last three years, has been insane, super, super intense for many of us, just with all the things that have been going on. But because of all the work that I did over the past 12 years, it really allowed me to get to a point where I actually was able to fully lean in to find the people that I resonated with that could support me. And it just really broke me out of that box. So for me to go from not being able to speak to now running hundreds of workshops and connecting with thousands of people all over the country and running programs and webinars, like this would have just been absolutely impossible, impossible to me, maybe four, three, four years ago. And then it was just taking that pressure off of like, just what's my next step rather than thinking the next hundred steps of like, we start to think, well, this is my big dream, but how the, how am I even going to get there? That feels too far-fetched, too overwhelming. It's like, let's just put that aside. It's still okay to have that in mind, but what's my next step? And we put one foot in front of the other. And there's a beautiful quote that I love. Go as far as you can see, and then you will see further. But sometimes we try to see further before we can, and we start to feel foggy and overwhelmed and confused, and like it's not going to work, and the stories and the beliefs come up and stop us. Just taking a few deep breaths here. Allow your body to move a little bit, maybe shaking the body out. Even if you want to stand up for a bit and just sigh, let out some sound. Just tune in, notice your sensations that are moving through your body, any feelings, any thoughts, any stories, any beliefs, whatever's coming up and just know that it's all welcome. Curiosity for me was one of the most life-changing things. It shifted me from wronging my experience to like, okay, well, this is the experience that I'm having. It doesn't actually determine who I am. It's an experience. Let me ask the question, what's here for me? What's this revealing to me? And even just the word curiosity, as soon as I say it, it shifts my whole physicality, my whole experience, the sensations, the mindset I'm in, it just completely like that, just that word. Um, And compassion, more and more and more compassion. But whenever anything is happening, good, bad, negative, positive, whatever it's perceived to be, curiosity. Thanks, Kat, for sharing. Yeah, singing and singing is also a beautiful one of like opening up through the voice, the voice and the throat, and getting some of that stuff moving, um, humming, toning. And I find it with singing, especially, it can it can be quite confronting, and it can feel a little bit like a lot of us. I hear a lot. Oh, I can't sing. And I believe we all can sing. It just sounds a little differently. We, no one has a voice like you do. It's so unique, so powerful, so sacred. 
and we all have the ability to sing and it just might not sound like what we think a good singer sounds like but again that's just conditioning all of our voices are powerful but sometimes we just need to start with some toning some sighing a little bit of humming before we can fully get that courage to really let ourselves roar and sing and fully express mm. yeah breath work is an incredible tool to open up the throat thank you mm. all right so you might be feeling like well where do i start or maybe you have already started and you're looking for some new tools or new ways of moving through the next layers and as i said there's so much and i've already just been planting these seeds and trickling out the different things that you can do so it's like the felt sensation it's taking those pauses it's having curiosity asking yourself what do i need to support myself through this it's exploring different modalities and workshops that you feel called to rather than sometimes we can try and almost go a little bit of window shopping or trying all these different things and then feeling overwhelmed so notice where you feel called to when something pops up and you're like oh i need to be there um, or sometimes it's the thing that we resist the most and getting curious like why am i resisting this is there something actually here because often we can the alarm bell can be really um subtle and it can be like i know by doing this workshop or doing this thing it's going to bring up some stuff and that doesn't the alarm bell the survival brain will like that's not safe it's going to be too it's going to bring up too much stuff and because the survival has been practicing pushing stuff down and so when we know something's actually going to work sometimes we can hold ourselves back and like oh no nah, it's not the right time or um no nah, that's not for me or i'll do it next time and we start to like subtly actually hold ourselves back so again curiosity like is this really not for me or is there something that tells me actually this is this is a little scary but i know this is going to be my next step hmm. it's important to know that we're all unique we're all different and we will resonate with different things at different times different teachers different modalities and you may not resonate with something in this moment but maybe tomorrow next week next month next year will resonate for you it was really fascinating with um, my mentor that i'm working with now I heard of her probably maybe three and a half years ago on my breathwork training. And when I tuned into her, I was like, nah, not for me, too much, too over, like, nah, I just don't resonate with her, nah, she's not for me. And then I forgot about her for ages. And then all of a sudden she started coming up into, coming into my mind. And then I was like, what's her name? What's her name? And then her name popped into my mind two months later. And then it was like, wow, I know my being like, yeah, this is a little terrifying. It's going to bring up some stuff, but it was really interesting to experience that massive, like polarity of when I first heard of her, it was like a clear no, but then when it came through, it was like, yeah. And so you may not resonate with like in this moment, but maybe it will shift. So it's never throwing something into the trash and like that's never going to be for me it's always tuning in knowing that we are continuously evolving and changing and growing um this this is really a process it's a journey and often we focus on the destination 
and there's that saying of it's not about the destination it's about the journey and I used to speak that quote a lot but I never really like embodied it I was still had that destination in my mind and I really struggled to enjoy the journey until I really started clearing or like really becoming aware of the conditioning um, and the need to be somewhere other than where I am and coming into acceptance and surrender of where I am and that exactly where I am in this moment is leading to me to where I desire to be but if I can enjoy myself now and really accept this and be with this and hold space for it and do what I need to do in this moment and without getting so hung up on where I'm not that's what actually got me closer and closer and closer and now doing what I absolutely love to do that I've wanted to do since I really started um, this healing journey and to really witness it all coming to fruition is just quite mind-blowing. Um, the other thing that I've been talking about throughout the webinar is practice tuning in and it might seem simple, it might seem like, yeah, that may, I, I get it, but Again, the more we practice it, the more familiar we become with it. It's always taking those pauses before we kind of like jump into different things of like a lot of the time, like I say, anxiety can come up and we can be like, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. Rather than tuning in of like, okay, what does anxiety actually feel like? What else am I feeling that's here? Because the interesting thing is anxiety and excitement are very similar when you tune into the sensations of it. But if we know anxiety very well and we don't know excitement very well, we might actually start to get excited about something which triggers the feeling of anxiety, like our brain associates it with anxiety because of the similar sensations. So by tuning into your felt sense and what's, what else is going on when you're in these times, you can actually start to discharge the anxiety, reconnect your body to yourself and open yourself up to new experiences. So I've already shared um, a few of the different practices, like some of mine, like I'm all about breath work because I just know how powerful it is. Is anyone, like I know some of you have, have done some breath work, has anyone never done breath work before? Share in the chat or anyone not done cacao because these are two that I work with a lot and are just absolutely life-changing. Um, breathwork, what I found for me is it got me out of my thinking mind because for so long I was just thinking, thinking, like analyzing, really like I was stuck between the reptilian and the limbic kind of spaces of just in my stories. Um, and it, I was just so disconnected, I think because for me, there was so much stored in the body and by staying in my head, I felt safe. By going into my body, I had to feel things that were uncomfortable and painful and overwhelming, and I didn't know if I could actually handle it. It felt like I was going into that dark hole that I mentioned that I was never gonna get out of, so I stayed up here. But breathwork gave me, like opened up the gateway, brought me into my body, reconnected me, helped me to heal and release traumas and conditioning and bring to light what I didn't even realize was trauma because I didn't really think I had any trauma until I started doing this work and becoming really deeply trauma informed. Um, that's when things really started to shift for me when I started peeling back those layers. Self-inquiry, journaling, like I love beach walks like bare feet in the earth, especially when I'm feeling like one of those triggers or the fear comes in. I just stop what I'm doing 
and I'll go to the beach or out in nature and just bare feet in the earth to ground that energy is really, really powerful. And connecting with like-minded beings, people that are on this journey as well that can really support us and can hear us and hold space, but also that we can practice holding space for as well. And just know that being here on this webinar in this community, in this space is an incredible start. Like, like, like I said, we're going to receive pieces. And then if you decide to rewatch it, you'll receive some more pieces. And as you integrate over the coming days, things will land. You may even notice a few weeks from now, someone says something or something kind of pops up into your reality and it allows something that you received in this webinar to just bomb land like that. And you start to see all the connections on your journey and it's really incredible you start to see the true magic that is present in our life even things that seem mundane and don't even like insignificant become like really really powerful i've noticed for me like i can be having a shower and all these insights are coming through i'm washing the dishes or my partner says something and then it triggers this thing or i have this experience i tune in and I just start to see the, the interconnectedness of all things and it's a really magical experience. So I'm just going to pause here. I'd love to hear from all of you. If you have any questions, if you have anything you want to share, anything you need clarification on. Yes, cat the gibberish exercise. Oh my gosh, I hated that the first time I did it. Um, if anyone doesn't know what the gibberish exercise is, it's when we um, just start speaking kind of mumbo jumbo, just all these different words. It's like almost creating your own language. Um, and the first time I did it, it was with something like, like something like that but you just do it for a period of time and it feels so silly and it feels so uncomfortable and the first time I did it I would I was whispering it and I would like you had to walk around the room and I'd go to the back of the room and I would just kind of pause there and just look away and stop for a while and then I'd kind of walk a little bit like really slow keep my head down and I just whisper it. I was so terrified that someone would hear me even though everyone else in the room was doing it and I was probably perceived as the weird one that didn't want to do it like I was probably the only one that wasn't really fully going into it um but it was like when I was in school and we do oral presentations in English class and I got to the front of the class I'd have everything prepared everything was there and I would literally freeze and I would stand at the front of the class and smile and I wouldn't say a thing until the teacher told me to sit down and I'm like logically thinking about that that's probably more embarrassing but it wasn't a choice. It was literally a freeze state. That was my trauma response was freezing up and just frozen. And it was quite fascinating in that experience with the gibberish. But then I started bringing it into my own work and guiding others to do it. And I've noticed a massive shift of how it can actually be fun now, whereas before it was terrifying. And actually being with each other in that discomfort and also the hilariousness of it. But it's so, so powerful. Yeah, um, yeah, Sarah, not done a cacao ceremony before. Yeah, definitely highly recommend. Um, I also do um, community gatherings where I guide a little bit of a cacao ceremony online and the next one is April 25th 
Um, so if you do want to explore a bit more with that. Um, yeah, thank you all for sharing. Ah, so I'll just take a moment here, really practicing taking these pauses and taking these deep breaths. The other thing that can happen when we have a lot of unresolved trauma and pain and wounds and emotions that haven't been expressed, our breath becomes quite shallow. And it can almost sometimes become really challenging to take a full deep breath. It almost feels like it kind of gets stuck and there's like this block that doesn't even allow us to take a full breath. But when we start to do this healing work and release these layers, it actually allows us to take deeper breaths and you'll notice your depth of breath will take you deeper on your journey, will allow you to bring things that are stored inside to the surface, to be felt, to be expressed, to be seen, heard, integrated, released, and it creates the space within you. Creates space for new experiences, for your energy to flow, to feel at ease, to feel peace and love and connection. I just want to invite you to take some deep breaths with me here. You can be in through the nose, out through the mouth, in and out of the nose, whatever feels good for you. You might find that your body just naturally wants to move and that's all welcome. Just notice anything that's present for you. What do you feel in this moment? Some of the most simple practices, some of the most powerful. The healing journey doesn't always have to be super intense, cathartic, explosive. It can also be all those things. But it can also be really peaceful, relaxing, pleasurable, joyful. A good belly laugh can be incredibly healing. Sometimes we think it's always going to be going into a deep, repressed emotion or trauma or wound or expressing cathartically, ecstatically huge, big emotions, but taking these pauses and just being with our breath, being with ourselves, being with each other, this allows you to settle, to regulate your nervous system and to come into a state where you're actually ready to do the deep work. So whenever I'm working with someone, it's always about first building the foundations, resourcing the self, creating inner safety. Finding this presence, this mindfulness, this peace. You can take a little time. It's okay if the mind's still busy. That's where we begin. 
And that really helps us to be with the big emotions, the cathartic experiences, the deep releases when they come. We never force that. Just slowly coming back when you're ready. And so there are a few things that can support you moving forth from this journey to put some of this stuff into practice and to really implement it. So one thing I already mentioned was the Facebook community. The, I do regular community gatherings. I aim for a monthly or bi-monthly, depending on kind of what's going on. And this is a safe space to connect and to breathe and to share what's coming up and to have that sense of community. I've also got my own app, which is called Raw Embodiment. I'll pop it in the chat, but I'm also going to email it to you as well. And this is free to download, free to sign up, and there are practices on there that can support you in getting started. And I'm going to share as well uh, an opportunity or another offering that I have for anyone here that has resonated with what I've shared, who maybe resonates with me. Um, thank you, Jen. Um, yeah, and with the Raw app, I, I continue to update and add as we go. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to share a way that we can continue to delve into this, where we can go much deeper um, and really start to get to the core of what's holding ourselves back from being our full selves, to really break free from the good girl, the nice girl, and just knowing that it doesn't mean that we're not kind. It doesn't mean that we're just kind of running around and just kind of a little bit all over the place and just expressing and it's actually having boundaries of having authenticity of knowing when it's time to be in silence and when it's time to express and it really allows you to align to the people the connections the experiences the maybe it's work or where you want to live like it's actually aligning you to the life you are destined to live your and living that most fulfilling empowered life. So I'm just gonna share an offering that I've got for you. And there is um, as well a special offer for everyone here, just as a massive thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm just gonna share my screen. So the Sacred Art of Loving Yourself is my signature program. It's a six week program, but it is also self-paced, which means you can take at your pace. It's really important not to overwhelm yourself and to really listen and tune in and take this at a pace that feels good for you. Um, as I mentioned, I always start with creating safety. So week one is really about building those foundations, creating inner safety um, that will allow you to go to these deeper layers. So we go into reconnecting to self where we start to actually uncover who even is our authentic self, who are we beneath all these layers. Um, and building a sense of safety of going into that because sometimes there can be a fear of like, well, who even am I? 
will that being be accepted? Will I accept that part of myself? So this is a journey of getting to the core of who you are, expanding self-awareness. So when we're in those triggered states or overwhelmed, we can actually expand that ability to become aware, to get into the neocortex and be like, what is here for me? I take you through a journey of becoming your own healer. So it's it's stepping into your power. It's taking self-responsibility, but also, and like having these tools that can really support you on that healing journey, but also allowing yourself to receive support. So becoming your own healer doesn't mean I don't need anyone. It means that I have, I take responsibility for my journey, for what's coming up for me, for what I do next. But I also have the ability to open up to let people in, to allow myself to receive support and have others hold space for me, um, which is really important. This is where community and exponential healing takes place. Um, transforming beliefs. So we're going to get to the core of these conditionings, this programming, and actually start to release conditioning that doesn't serve us. And then we need to replace that. Because sometimes we might remove something, but then there's this empty space, and it's very easy for those old beliefs and conditionings and habits to come back. We want to transform them into something new that's nourishing and supporting our highest good and really allowing ourselves to be our full selves and who we desire to be. And then week six is all about embodiment. So actually embodying the work, the practices, letting it all land and all the dots connect and really embodying the authentic self. Because often, especially for my journey, I found I did a lot of work up here but I didn't embody it. So it was like nothing, like very little was shifting. I had things that would just keep coming back on loop. I'm like, why isn't it working? And what I realized as I was living up here, I hadn't actually embodied the lessons, the teachings, the practices. So that's what week six is all about. It really ties everything all together. So really this course is here to support you in building a deep sense of safety, support, trust within yourself, um, healing and integrating trauma and core wounds. Like I said, I do a lot of deep trauma work, um, releasing limiting beliefs, negative self-talk, perfectionism, people-pleasing, becoming your biggest cheerleader and best friend, learning how to navigate emotional triggers with ease, um, powerful practices of self-love and self-healing, liberating your expression, releasing suppressed emotions safely, and reconnecting to your authentic self. Really, this journey is my journey condensed into six weeks and what I've learned and some of the most powerful tools and teachings that will support you in embodying the authentic self and living your best life. And just some previous uh, like people that have, or beautiful women that have joined, um, some things that they had to share was, a lot of them just, they learn so much about themselves, which is really what this is about. It's actually remembering who we are, remembering our authentic selves. And you can see by these um, testimonials that that's exactly what they got, like learning more than I ever imagined about myself allowed me to go deeper into exploring my internal world in a safe, supported way. Like we don't ever want to overwhelm ourselves and re-traumatize. We want to go this in a safe, supportive way, releasing negative core beliefs, um, reconnecting to my authentic self, getting to the root causes and allowing them to become really who they truly desire to be, but who they always were. It was just buried deep. So it's really deep work. It's really incredible. Um, so this is something that you can navigate at your own pace, as I mentioned. But if you do feel like you want extra support, accountability, one-on-one -on -one support, there is also the option to do a coaching package with that. 
because the most important thing here is that you get the support that you need or that you feel called to receive. So let's close this space together. We'll just close down our eyes. Ah, take a few deep breaths, sigh it out on the exhale. Ah, a lot was shared today. So please be gentle as you move forth on your journey and just let this land for you. I want to invite you to place a hand on your heart and a hand on your belly. Breathe into these spaces and I invite you to really honor and acknowledge yourself. Thank yourself for showing up for you today. It's really huge when we show up for ourselves. We're building a relationship with ourselves. We're building trust. And when we show up for ourselves in this way, that trust gets stronger. It's really, really important to build that relationship. And celebrating all of you for showing up for yourselves, for showing up for each other. Because when we enter these spaces, we're here for ourselves, but we're also here on a collective level. And I thank each one of you for being here. Mm. Just coming back, bringing palms together at heart center, bowing your head and let's acknowledge one another for our incredible journeys that come with lots of ups and downs, twists and turns and lots of different experiences i see you i hear you and just know that you're never alone on this journey thank you all so so much i managed to stay pretty on time today which is great <laughs> all right i will get this uploaded as soon as i can so that you can Rewatch if you decide to or get all that info to you. Check out the Raw Embodiment app. Get started on the journey um, with those practices. And stay in touch. Let me know how you go. I always love to hear from you and how the journey continues to unravel. It's a wild journey. Um, I'm wishing you all an incredible Friday and the rest of your week. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. If you are loving this content, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes. Please leave a five-star review to help me get these powerful teachings and practices to those who need it. If you would like to submit a question or would like to know more about how we can work together, send me an email to info at So much love to you, beautiful human. Until next time.